Hello and welcome to Conversations with Kim Creighton, home for real talk with real experts about real issues impacting real people. Conversations with Kim Creighton is a themed special series podcast and season one is Tech's Looming Threats. showing up so let's start with what's your name and tell me what your role is so my name is Damian Patrick Williams and uh, my current role is assistant professor of philosophy and assistant professor of data science at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte oh okay see I didn't even know that yeah that's new as of last year I got a got hired in, uh, well, in the spring of last year, I started uh, in the fall of last year's fall semester. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I, I knew you were, I didn't know, did I know about the philosophy? That's what I'm like, it makes sense though, but I'm like, did I know it was philosophy? All right. Um. So just what does that role entail? What do you, what is so? My work there, I'm, you know, primarily, first and foremost, I'm an educator. I, I do teaching um, and instruction, uh, but I also do research. Um, I am working on uh, some research work in the areas of disability and technology. Um, I work in an advisory capacity with a couple of different groups uh, doing that work. Um, and I, you know, I talk with and work with other people at UNC Charlotte to try to build up programs for our students so that they can get a kind of uh, intersectional understanding of how tech and philosophy and social issues and humanities all come together and, and how they interact and work with each other and you know how they affect our lives. Oh man, I wish so much more people would be taking humanities uh, and such is particularly in tech. Oh, I wish. They yeah, <laughs> it's one of the reasons that I'm so happy about this job, frankly. Um, the, um, so my my joint hire, like I said, it's uh, philosophy in the School of Data Science. Um, mm -hmm. And the School of Data Science is really, really interested in making sure that like the idea of ethics isn't just kind of like tacked on to, you know, like, oh, we'll do some uh, some ethics at the end so people can think about some some problems and things like that. No, it's literally they weave it through every part of wow. the curriculum that's think good. about the humanities they do like they've got people from uh from like criminal justice and psychology and like anthropology they've got like a bunch of intersectional interdisciplinary thinking happening in the school of data science people who are working in their own departments like i am with philosophy mm -hmm. and then coming together in the school of data science to bring those ideas together to you know show students who are you know, they think they're more focused on computer science or, or mm -hmm. data architectures and data analytics and things like that to get them to be thinking about things like, okay, so what are the the ethical, but also like the philosophical impacts, the social impacts mm -hmm. of what you're doing? What's the background of that? Where does that come from in our society so that you can do it better? Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't understand where this stuff comes from, if you don't understand how like the human values of the people who were involved play into how this stuff was built you're not going to be able to do it as well as you possibly can so we're trying to get people to think about all of those things and you know looking towards the future but also thinking about where it comes from and how it plays out in today's world okay i'm happy i asked you to expound on that because that's thank you okay so in your role what are the biggest threats that you see 
So I'm going to ask you to clarify. Uh, do you mean threats to society? Uh, threats to uh, people, human beings as a whole? Uh, threats to education? Where are you thinking? However you, think you want to. Uh, so it's, okay. it's in your role. <laughs> okay. In my in role. Your, yeah, so in, in my role, role yeah. the places, the biggest threats that I see are threats to educators being able to educate mm -hmm. policy that's being passed that keeps people from being able to uh, give a fulsome picture mm -hmm. of what's actually happening in the world today but also in the history of our culture and the world at large. Um, things that uh, cast different perspectives and understandings of the world that try to give context mm -hmm. as uh, somehow anti-American. Mm -hmm. um, that I think is a very large threat to uh, the ability to educate, mm -hmm. to, to actually get students to think critically about <laughs> what they're doing and what they want to do in the world later on. And what's right. interesting is because I was in, I was an educator K through 12 and I saw mm -hmm. that happening with the start of No Child Left Behind. Yep. And it's, it's infiltrated. It, 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 it's students. When we were younger, mm -hmm. Teachers develop their curriculum based on what they wanted to teach or whatever, because we didn't have all those damn tests either, except for like the ACT, I mean, the college right, tests right, we had. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have those like yearly exam kind of things. But our teachers taught based on, and you could have some shitty teachers, but at least sure. it wasn't everybody on this, a pacing guide, you know, right, that kind of thing. Right. And yeah, it is. It is. And I saw firsthand being in the classroom where my desire mm -hmm. to develop critical thinking mm -hmm. kept coming up against curriculum that was developed. Yep. Thankfully, I was a certified, I was special needs. So right. I got to play where gen ed teachers couldn't play. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of those things where it's it's unfortunate that it is so limited to only certain categories of teacher being able to do that work at this point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, all the teachers that I have ever known, K through 12 especially, are always trying to think very carefully about, yeah, the, the kind of uh, overarching metrics and making sure they hit their, um, you know, their marks as they're, you know, going through, you know, making sure they can read at a such and such level mm -hmm. or above, et cetera, et cetera. But they're also trying to like do what's necessary to address the individual student in front of them and to understand, okay, so if they're not hitting these marks, not just, you know, shove them in a direction, mm -hmm. But actually, like, say, what's going on with and you? What that do you has need been, to learn? So one of the, one of the oh, eye-openers for me was, like, mm -hmm. a huge eye-opener for me. Um, so I was, I realized, couldn't do babies. So I went to high school. Yeah, yeah, and I really yeah. like juniors and seniors. Because they're getting out of there, and they're not ready, so they're scared. And so I yep, can really yep. be honest with them. I can really, like, and I just say, this is an artificial environment, people. This yeah. shit is not the real world. First of That's all, right. that special right. paperwork ain't going with you. That's right. Uh, it stops here. 
um, unless you go off to college. But this is how we're treating you is not the real world. So I, I spent a lot of time literally dealing with Gen X kids. I mean, Jeanette, because they weren't getting, and so they would come to me and with yep. all these things. Yep. But one of the things that I, I, I don't like, and I saw firsthand, that's why I'm, I'm not, AP and honors kids? Yeah. Cannot think themselves out of a, a bag of rocks <laughs> if it's not for, if it's not for answers. Right. They, so it, what, what was an eye opener for us, because they had the Georgia high school graduation test, right? Mm -hmm. And this was a mm -hmm. test that you had to pass to get a high school diploma. Yeah. So it made sense that students fail science and math, right? Because a lot of not people, not, I mean, because that's figures. And if you don't yeah. know how to make the figures, because it's science and math, there's sure. a number, you put it in calculate. If you don't know how to do that shit, it's not going to work. Right. But that wasn't where they failed the most. Hmm. They failed the most, not in language arts, history. Really? And let me explain to you why. Because the prompt for history Mm -hmm. Your teacher don't have to teach you shit because everything you need to for your answers in that prompt. They uh, don't know how to infer. They don't know how to draw conclusions. They don't know how to take something from the previous paragraph and play. They had no concept of that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And seeing that firsthand, because I was like, why are they failing in social studies? Right. And it's because if you get so math, you have to have the skills. So that's something to teach you. Social studies, it was, can you read, comprehend? They mm -hmm. couldn't comprehend the passage. And so they couldn't infer, they couldn't do anything from it. Right. And that's mm -hmm. when I was like, wow. <laughs> and so yeah. now when I see them out in the real world, their behavior makes sense to me because they don't know how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, if you remove the capability and the leeway, the flexibility from teachers, to be able to focus in on what a student actually needs in the situation to figure out how to get them thinking with problem solving in ways that might not be but handed the, to them on the framework honest, of the test. The, the things that you and I want for them are the things that are going to directly impact the status quo. And that's what they can't have. Right. That's what they can't have. And again, we come back to the various types of legislation that yes, are being passed exactly. in places. That's what DeSantis <laughs> is doing. He's not thinking, he's not thinking, well, okay, I'm going to take that back because I was going to say he's not thinking long-term. Yes, he is thinking yeah, long-term. He's, he's thinking long-term in a different but he's direction. Not thinking, <laughs> he's not thinking long-term how it's going to impact him right. because what's going to happen is those parents who can leave the state or yep. who can homeschool will They're be gonna, doing that. That's right. And so, yeah, you may dumb down the, the black and brown population, but you're also going to dumb down the white population. And there's going to be no, no infrastructure for businesses. There's not, not, you're not going to have the, the, the people. They're right. all going to be subjugated. And, yeah. but that's what, and, that's what, and so that's like the, the short-sightedness of all of this stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's fundamentally it, right? And it's like the, the question of, what kind of a population does somebody want? What kind of a, a voting yep. base does yep. somebody want uh, based on what's going to come out of these kinds of processes? Because if, 
if what you want at the end of the day is a bunch of people who will simply kind of uncritically agree with you and will tell you, you know, will will get mad at whoever you tell them yep. to get mad at and will hate whoever <laughs> you, you put them, them to in a direction and they'll go. Right. And if that's what you want, then he's, he's right of, on track. <laughs> you know, you know, and this might be cynical of me, but I don't give a fuck. The, <laughs> have you seen the interviews with the 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 jury the jury foreman? Person? I haven't watched those. I've heard, I've, I've heard, and I've seen a number of people uh, looking at them and and kind of talking about the way that this person was uh, discussing their time. And I, I have not myself gone so, in and, and dug into them yet. So it's a white woman, mm-hmm. young, so young, but she is she is making she's saying when they ask why are you talking? Mm. First of all, let's 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 back up. Right. There's a black woman trying to do a job. Right. So that's the first part. So right. this young white woman who finds this situation. Now, I don't think she's ignorant because she, how she can tell, you can tell she's, she thinks deeply. She's, no, let me put, let me put it this way. She was curious enough mm-hmm. to understand people's rights and, you know, when they did play at the fifth and everything. Right. But you're, y'all are, again, doing this. You know how that um that 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 um what am I trying to say? Um equal time for everybody, you know, like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has so she's talking about so when they asked her, when Blaine Alexander asked her, so why she said, because we have a civic right and you shouldn't you shouldn't um, you know, when when they call you for jury duty, you should go. Well, first of all, yeah. in Georgia, I don't know where anybody when they call you for um jury duty. It's very hard to get the fuck out of it. I don't give a damn yep. if you're an attorney, if you damn yep. near dead. It, they Georgia does not play. No. That's one. But when you put on top of that, she's never voted before. Oh, really? Yes. I hadn't heard that. She's yeah, she's never voted before. So how are you gonna tell? So you opening your mouth talking about you, this is your civic duty. You've never voted before. Mm. It's a very interesting conception of what exactly. does and does not constitute a city. And nobody duty. and nobody's questioning her about that. They're just right. reporting that she didn't vote in 16 and vote in 20. But like, she but but they're putting her. I'm like, yeah. See, that's see again, our brains as educators, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, that's a missing like, shit that y'all ain't I, would, I would like to ask that question because like maybe at the end of the day, maybe she does have something like that that she would want to say about why she thinks that being on a jury is important, but voting in, you know, the electoral but, system isn't. But if you don't ask that question, you don't get that there answer. There you go. And then <laughs> for me, I would challenge that for, again, being in Georgia. Yep. Knowing that unless you got a damn good excuse, you're going to be on that jury pool. So you, what yeah. you're saying you're, you're, is you're not in the pool at the end of the day, no matter what. Like when I lived in Georgia, I got called for jury duty twice. And like I was in the mid, like I was teaching at the time and I was in the middle of like, exams and, and they don't care and they don't care i'm like i have to like my students are are like literally in the middle of stuff and i'm like can't you get somebody else to do it and i'm like georgia does not care <laughs> <laughs> okay y'all so that's what so and it's again if you don't know that you might right. take her what she's saying is face value and i'm like wait a minute and i tweeted about that because i was like okay. wait a minute Voting ain't no option. I mean, um, jury duty ain't no option here. <laughs> yeah, never been called for um for a grand. Jury, I haven't been called so for a grand jury either. I'm very interested to to know. I never uh, want to be. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the like the level of responsibility in a jury in and of itself is just heavy. Mm-hmm. But a uh, grand jury, when you're actually determining whether the indictment gets called in the first place, like that seems like that's going to be even more intricate and even more, um, just just 
time consuming mm-hmm. yes but also just like harrowing yeah like really kind of just like like emotionally and mentally just kind of draining yeah um, because they're like it, sitting for months if it, yeah. for something like this yeah. you know yeah. and you have I to mean, like you know the, the kinds of processes the amount of time it takes out of your life the amount yes. of time it takes out of your, your everything and it's like yeah once again civic duty yes absolutely however yeah the amount of weight that it does carry yeah. in that space is is not insignificant so and so it, seems... it goes to like what you're saying how they're how the whole so to get back around the reason i brought her up is because mm-hmm. people are asking her the questions right. that need to be asked right about why are you opening your mouth right now? (laughs) Why are you centering yourself in this situation and making it, you're making it hard once again for a black woman. (laughs) Right. Like there's a process that is underway. And if you, if you would like to specifically complicate that process, sure, continue. (laughs) But, but, but it makes me, but the the one thing as a black woman, what I saw and what I've talked to is damn, here's another white woman making it hard for a black woman to do a fucking job. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it was. So yeah. my next question for you is, based on that looming threat, what challenges do you see in addressing that? So in terms of challenges to address it, it's mm-hmm. the public perception of what these, uh, you know, the educational value of what it is that we're trying to teach. Um, you know, when I teach in terms of, you know, if I teach things in the realm of philosophy and artificial intelligence, right? If I'm teaching about the social impacts of AI mm-hmm. and I can't talk about the history of redlining mm-hmm. and how that process of who did and did not get approved for loans in what areas got used as training data for specific systems that were then automated and deployed by banking institutions and Mm -hmm. are still in use to this day. Like if I can't talk about that fact because it falls uh, afoul of legislation against quote unquote woke indoctrination or whatever. What would they call it? Making, making people feel bad. What was it? Right. Like making people (laughs) like, it's just all, it's a curriculum. It's about making white children feel bad. I'm like, that's not any part of it. But you know what? (laughs) You didn't question when your white history made us feel bad. Exactly. Right. And it's like, I, I think about the, the meme that goes around that is like the, the picture, like the, the painting of Ruby Bridges. Mm. And she, you know, it says if she was, uh, if she was old enough to live it, your children are old enough mm-hmm. to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's. With her and her little dress or po- and right. her little white socks. Right. Like yeah. that's, it's this history. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. And if we feel bad about it, that's unfortunate. But make maybe sure we don't replicate fe- it in the future. Right. Maybe <laughs> maybe the feeling bad about it will keep us from doing it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe feeling bad about it will go will make us go, wow, that was messed up. That was How do up. we prevent it? <laughs> How do we prevent it? Yeah. How do we yeah. make society more yeah. just and equal? You know what <laughs> really has blown my mind and that I keep I keep I keep sharing with people is the power memo. Because they, mm. that was the blueprint for all of this, mm. particularly at the college level and, yeah. and them funding and, and, and intentionally strategizing, bringing in conservative um, educators and conservative research. Right. And yeah. so that and- is what gets me. It's in, people want to act like it's so this again, going back to this, this four person, like, oh, it yeah. just happened. No, no, These it's not spontaneous. Strategic decisions. Yeah. Like somebody made choices and other yeah. people built on those choices and other people strategized those choices. And they had a long-term view. They knew right. what would happen. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. if you if you approach it as though it's somehow, you know, a grassroots spontaneous occurrence, <laughs> then, you know, sure, it seems kind of surprising and weirdly coincidental that all of these things are happening. But At if you recognize time. that, right, how, how is such a thing possible? <laughs> and the answer is it's not individual and grassroots yes. and spontaneous. It is, in fact, uh, an active and coordinated effort yes. by many groups of people who have a particular view of what they want the world to look like if i have to say it, i don't know how many this shit didn't just happen right <laughs> ain't shit broken so there ain't nothing to fix so yeah. stop wasting your damn resources on that <laughs> it's literally it like operating a, as designed right yeah. and if that's if that's not understood then it's not going to be able to be combated yes and no. that is the long-term strategy the 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 strategic ignorance in it all i've been having conversations with people um about willful i was like there's a difference i've i had to have to, had to redefine it in my head because there's mm. a difference between willful ignorance willful ignorance i see is i've come across something and i don't want to believe it that's right, one thing right right strategic ignorance is ensuring that i never come across that thing to even question yeah yeah i'm putting everything in I smoke. I, we don't even see that thing. It does not exist. Yep. We will never come across it. We will never yep. see it. That's strategic. Yep. And that's what we see happening right now. Yeah. And it's, you know, the that, that strategic ignorance point becomes not just about, like, because willful ignorance is a very personal set of choices. Mm -hmm. The strategic ignorance is cultural. Systems, institutions, and policies. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. if you can do that, and you can control what other people yes will and will not come across. Yep. And they don't get a say in it. Yep. They don't get a choice about it. Mm -hmm. So they're ignorant of the situation, not through willingness, not through choice, but through design. And, and that's the why the pushback is so hard because it is inconceivable to them that they're this yep. ignorant. Yeah, it's like how could it possibly be the case that you know somebody would or that these things would be happening in this world? And, and I never, and I've never heard about it. About and I've never heard right. about how could it. I've I've never heard such a thing. So how could yeah. it, how could it possibly be true? Yeah. How how could it possibly be the case that somebody would be preventing me? Why would anyone want to prevent me from knowing this? Like that just seems that seems uh, conspiratorial. It seems false. And you know yeah, the idea. I think, I think about the fact that my book would be outlawed in Florida. A vast, a vast majority of the articles that I have written in the past five years yep. would be completely illegal in Florida. Yeah, that's... like my my article on facial recognition systems and the history of like sur like surveillance in black communities. Yeah, yep. completely illegal in Florida. Yeah, like that's just like it doesn't matter that I. Like... It feels weird to be. Right. Does <laughs> like, it feel weird to know that your work like, would be like? <laughs> hmm, that seems odd. And that seems kind of telling the truth. strange, right? Exactly. And so, like that 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 question up again is like, I I make an argument. You know, your book makes an argument, mm -hmm. sure. But at the same time, that argument is based on historical fact, reality, verifiable reality. Yes. <laughs> it, it sure there's a layer of interpretation to all aspects of studying history, but at the same time some interpretations are much clearer than others yeah. <laughs> less less subject to <laughs> questioning than others yeah and so that question of like why do you just not want people to think in that direction yeah 
Yeah. Like, and you can only take the because it makes people feel bad so far. You can only take the uh, oh, you're creating a divisive environment so far. And they've done, you know, so many people who who think in this way do that neat trick of like inverting, um, you know, their interpretation of civil rights movement language, right? Like taking the the whole the content of their character, not the color yes. of their skin, and like. That was an aspirational idea, y'all. Yeah. He was very it, clearly stating it, that that wasn't the reality. It wasn't yet. happening right now. We ain't there yet. Is, this is why I always talk about whiteness is good in the binary, is the either ors. And we live in and. We live in nuance. And so that's another reason why it's to shut down because it's not just about making them feel bad. Right. But once exactly. you know, I can hold you accountable. And yeah. they don't, so it's, so the make you feel bad is the narrative, but that's not yeah. the real thing. It is, exactly. I don't want to be held accountable for my, what my ancestors did. Okay, that's fine. But you're yeah. doing the same shit but today. you're still doing it. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, uh, and that, that's, that's one of those things, right? It's like, so the, that, that constant line of uh, nobody alive today owned slaves. Cool. Great. Good job. <laughs> not enslaving other people. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But your ancestors did, and the system of wealth and the system of laws and the system of social codes that they developed out of what they did. That we're living right now. That's what's happening today. Like that's still existing. So we got to do something about that. And also, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, if you had your way, I would still be a slave. So it's not like you don't believe in slavery. There's a number <laughs> of people- It was just fucking outlawed. I-, I like grappling with the fact of that is is still so in some cases difficult for me is that fact that there are people alive right now who truly believe that I and those like us would be better off as property than as individual or even community members as human peers. beings mm -hmm. as peers mm -hmm. as part of the community yeah. in an yeah. equal manner yeah like that's that's real yeah. Like there are people who like they'll they'll dress it up in fancy language or they'll, you know, say it civil. They'll say it nice. And that's why I strip it out. <laughs> Let me requote so you can know exactly yeah. what the fuck they saying, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> because that at the base of it and the heart of it is still And this just is why what I it talk says. about this is why I talk about there is no equality. I don't need y'all to stop saying that shit. It's about equity. There is yeah. nothing about the systems, institutions, and policies that will ever make me your equal because I'm supposed to be a fucking slave. Right. You did not even, they didn't even consider me in these laws. Right. So that is not my constitution. That is not, this is not my democracy. This is not my bill of rights. <laughs> the, the, like the amount of restructuring and reformatting that has to be done in order to properly address the lack the the fundamental oversights like mm -hmm. the, the the missed and completely uh, i honestly just like you said they never even considered it yeah it was like, not even missed we right. weren't considered it was like, like black people were property yeah women we were, were slightly more well-regarded property yep. like that's like <laughs> natives were possibly trading partners but yep. usually target practice yep. like that like that's 
Our whole economy, and I say this all uh, over and over again, I say it in my book, our whole economy, which we have exported around the world, is based on the justification of the, of the annihilation of indigenous people and enslavement of Africans exactly. for the economy. Until we correct that, there is nothing, there is no, there can never be generational wealth in this community. Because every time we try to do that, they massacre us. And that's the thing, right? There's like, I get, again, that makes, that idea makes people uncomfortable. Like, you know, being told that like, what looks like a quote unquote advanced, quote unquote modern society is built out of the foundations of genocide and enslavement. Yep. Like that, that shocks people. I get that. It is shocking. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, okay, be shocked, but then do something about it. We're shocked every day. Every time <laughs> right. man's killed. We're shocked. Right. Every time, every time we um we get uh we have to pay more in interest and in, in loans, we're shocked. Every right. time shut the fuck up. Everybody's shocked, but y'all. <laughs> so like, yeah, be shocked and you know, take that, take that time, take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> but then do something about yeah, it. Exactly. Because until you really like face it. Until you and invest it. in making the and invest in a yes. solution that's is yes. a, yeah that's it they're not invested in the solution and that's the and that's the difference like that yeah. that's what makes the difference like if you want a world that actually I'm gonna tweet about the, that like it, if you, you want a world that is actually the solution? Own, there you go yeah because if you want a world that's actually like delivering on the promises that are supposedly written into the United States Constitution if you want a culture that actually does have some form of actual liberty some form of actual equality some form of actual community some society to it mm -hmm. you actually have to redress the harmful elements well, as they also exist. why folks have a hard time apologizing and making amends well yeah like you know nobody wants to admit that they were wrong <laughs> nobody wants to yeah, admit that they did have harm a problem with the apologizing part <laughs> They have a yes, problem the with the, the men's part the because they the say I, once you once they say I apologize, it's supposed to be all done. And, right. and the fact that I'm still pissed about it, then it's my problem because I right. told you I'm sorry. <laughs> right. No, it's the men's part. Right. Yeah. Like, how do you if you don't actually confront the question of what it takes to to make right what has been wrong? Mm -hmm. What what is still in many areas, very wrong. And that is that is what they're fighting because they recognize that if to do that, they would it would mean a redistribu redistributing of power. Yeah. Like, because if you want to really have some form of justice, I was literally talking to students about this yesterday. Um, if, like, justice, fairness, and equity they're connected ideas. They're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because to get to equity on the road to justice is going to feel real unfair to a lot of people. And that's why I don't like the word fair, because the only people who get to define what fair is are people who've been in power. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because fair, all right, you start distributing stuff, quote unquote, equally to people right now. Uh, that's not going to address the kind of systemic exactly. ability to hold on to what gets my hundred dollars and Elon Musk's hundred dollars ain't going to get the same shit. <laughs> right. Precisely that. It yeah. doesn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. And so in order to get to something that is actually equitable on the road to just, yeah, 
you're going to have to think differently about what that distribution actually looks like. Exactly. And what the support systems yes. look like for what people can do with mm -hmm. that. Because distributing resources is great. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. It needs to happen mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. But making sure that once those resources are distributed, they can be maintained. And I was about to say, of... because our institutions <laughs> and policies are all about extracting. That's why exactly. when people talk about reparations. I'm like, kiss my ass. Because <laughs> what they're going to do is get, cut your ass a check. Your ass going to end up spending it because you're yep. a consumer. It's going to get back into them. And then next time we have a problem, they were like, okay, we gave y'all reparations. What the hell else you want? Right. And because the nature of the system as it currently exists as a consumer-based society, that's how of extracting things, wealth. It's how it works right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And without a recognition of like, okay, maybe that needs to shift on a number of levels too. Mm -hmm. Maybe the way that we go about defining resource use and defining value needs to shift. Mm -hmm. And that's the place where people get real, real uncomfortable. <laughs> like that's well, where we're people having, are we're like... having a that conversation right now when we're looking at that train um derailment. Yep. Flint yep. has been dealing with shit forever. Now that train derailed in a white ass neighborhood and they're seeing what it looks like when their government and when these companies don't give a damn. Right. Yeah. My hope, my absolute tip-top hope for the situation, um, and it's happening but slowly because Pennsylvania's governor has started to kind of get in on this too, mm -hmm. that they will take that time and they will step back from the kind of partisan thing that they're mm -hmm. trying to do, where they're trying to be like, it's Biden's fault, yeah. no, it's mm -hmm. Trump's fault. And it's like, uh, yeah. It's the railroad. This is older fault. than both of their asses. Right. Like, it's the railroad <laughs> company's fault, y'all. Mm -hmm. Like, this, yeah, exactly. it's the railroad lobby's fault. <laughs> like, they, they deregulated themselves exactly. with the help of presidents from both parties yes. over multiple decades. Multiple years. Yes. <laughs> like, multiple administrations. Exactly. Right. So, let's blame the people who are actually responsible and let's maybe work together on actually and that, fixing but that's that. A problem. That's the. That's how it's designed, though, for us to spend resources and time on shit that, that is not going to fundamentally change anything. Correct. But make Correct. people feel like they're doing busy work. Like, right. like, oh, I did something. Right. I, I yelled about how Trump, you know, overturned Obama era regulations. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done some some good work on the field today. And yeah. Like, yeah. But did you ever look at the fact that the Obama era regulations were already not as strong as they should have been? Yep. Did you, or progressive. Did you look at the fact? That's right. why I don't. That's why I don't want. <laughs> I could care less about progressive, modern. All y'all act the same to me. <laughs> like there's, there's so many fundamental underlying yes. flaws and and components mm -hmm. that 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 distraction of like the partisan divide of it. Like I get, like there are real differences between the parties as they exist today. There mm -hmm. are fundamental and crucial life and mm -hmm. death, oftentimes yes. differences, but in some areas. They done the same Dang. stuff, <laughs> like, and when it comes to like helping businesses deregulate themselves to get the most out of their extractive, like, all been sing, economic policy, the same language. That's right, yeah. every time. Yeah. And so it's like that's if we can't actually like roll it back and say, okay, yeah, there's some. Or really even be honest about it. This is why I don't like stand culture. It's like yeah. when your person fucks up, you don't get to say that. You right. got to act like it didn't yeah. happen. You got to act like it never happened. Like they're perfect. They're perfect yeah. forever. No, yeah. you got to, if you can't, if our allies cannot be honest with us about when we have fucked up, mm -hmm. we will never be able to actually grow. 
Yeah. We will never be able to change. We will never be able to make amends because we won't be confronted honestly with the I things we, we need to make the, amends. We don't have for. the appropriate and full data. We don't have. Exactly. We don't, yeah, we don't. We are I, lacking I, crucial yes. information yeah. out yeah. of which to make our choices and to yeah. act in the world. Yeah. And the, the longer that goes on, the worse shit gets. Yeah. And the, the further you get away from it, and then the narratives get to exactly. get to be exploited. Exactly. So my last question for you is: What problems should the next generation of technologists be working on? Um, confronting the fact of uh, the realities of our values in our systems mm. all day, every day, right? Like our val our systems, our, our technologies, the, the tools and the, the systems that we make, they, they have our values in them and mm. they show up in sometimes um, seemingly shocking and surprising ways, but they can always be traced back to us. Mm -hmm. They can be traced back to to what it is we're working on, what it is we believe. So whether it's, you know, chat GPT or whether it's, you know, the benefit system or whether it's the uh, automated braking system on a train, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a set of human values and human decisions at play in all of these mm -hmm. things. And so the next generation of technologists and the current generation of technologists needs to be constantly thinking about that fact, because if we're not careful about it, if we're not honest about that, then we're just going to keep pretending like it's not there. And we're going to keep responding to the things it does after the fact, yeah. but never actually engaging with, okay, what questions did we ask to design this system? Whose values were present when this system was asked for? Who commissioned this? Mm -hmm. Who funded it? Who directed the research? What's in the training data? Mm -hmm. What values are at play in all of it from the very beginning? Not just when something goes wrong, not just how do we fix this and make people okay with what has happened again, but how do we keep stuff like this from, from continuing to happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we make sure that the values that we want are built into these systems? And that requires us to be real, real honest about that yeah. question. Of what values do we want built into mm -hmm. these systems? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we can do that, if we can be honest about that, and if we can, you know, call out the people when they try to bundle really bad values into these systems and do something about that we will all be better off mm, this is a great conversation thank you so much this is really good thank this you really good i get so i mean to, to other people i guess it could be a lot but i just get because the people i've asked have come from so many different parts of technology yep, yep. it helps me to I'm, I'm, a, I'm a systems thinker so it helps me to yeah no, I think that's the, like that's one of the best things about these kinds of conversations and about the like the kinds of conversations that you have because you do reach out to so many different people from so many different areas, right? And so I myself, I do research into the implications of it. I teach about it, mm -hmm. but I'm not specifically in a corporation building these things, exactly. right? And, but you're yeah. going to talk to somebody who is. Mm -hmm. You're going to talk to somebody who's doing that work. And I'm going to talk to somebody whose community is impacted by that work. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think. That's how I get like, such a broad. Right. When people talk to me, I'm like, you're so. That's why it sounds arrogant, but I'm like, y'all are not my peers. Y'all just not. You just not. You just. I think about this shit all the time. Yeah. And I think we have to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah. Because frankly, it's all of our lives all yeah. the time. And I like, like increasingly about the so. shit we're doing now. When you when when white folks says, "Well, that was my ancestor. I didn't ask for this," but you're doing stuff now that the future didn't ask for. Exactly. 
And you're not even considering how the things that you're doing now that the future didn't ask for, A, is going to impact that future, mm -hmm. but B, is built on the things that you didn't ask for. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Like you didn't ask for it, but you're still using it. Yeah. You're still swimming in it. We all It are. reminds me, I'll end with this because it reminds me of um, hazing in fraternities yeah. and sororities. Yep. Yep. No one like no one enjoys hazing, but they will whoop your you ass up. when they get over. That's right. That's right. Yeah. When it's their turn to hold the paddle. Yep. They'll swing it just as hard. Yes. And tell <laughs> you and tell you it's for family. It's for bond. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It didn't work on their ass when they was getting beat. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's that exact same kind of perpetuation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This is always good to talk to you. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting to where I can do this more often because yeah. it stimulates me and it, 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 it informs my research. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, I'm taking all these very special, I'm a generalist, I'm taking all yeah. these specialists and yeah. knitting stuff together yep. so that folks in Detroit, folks yep. in New Orleans, folks yep. in Massachusetts, we can have a common language because that's, that's right. We don't yeah. have a common understanding of this shit. One of the things we talked about a while ago was the fact that like so much of the like the language that we use to talk about these like this the, the technologies, the systems, artificial intelligence, like even the word bias, right? Like there are at least four major groups who are directly involved with and impacted by the use of artificial intelligence and algorithms on a day-to-day -day level, right? Mm -hmm. You can think about the end user. You can think about the communities who are subjected to its use when it's being used in like policing or um, like uh, public service or uh, like retail areas. Mm -hmm. You can think about the designers and you can think about the people who are actually like training it and thinking about the, the content of it. I can give you another one. The person who makes the decision to do it. To do it in the first place, mm -hmm. exactly. And for all of those groups, the word bias means something different. Yes. And that's <laughs> why I start every every talk. We're going to define these terms. I don't care how you use them anywhere else. This is how we're going to use them in this. But this, this, this is 20 what we minutes. mean here. Exactly. Right here. This is what they mean. <laughs> we have a common language. That's, that's why right. within the book, I was like, I will not be, I cannot see myself spending the rest of my life fighting against white supremacy and anti-race, um, anti-blackness. That does not make me feel good. So I need to, redefine what anti-racism means for me yes. and in my community so I can have a conversation. And for yes. me, that conversation is, do you believe in supremacy-free, coercion-free, discrimination-free, and exploitation-free? Is that the future you're looking for? If right. it is, you and I can have a conversation. If it's not, I don't need to talk to you. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, if you can't say, yeah, that sounds good. Even if you don't even know what the fuck it is. Right. If like, you say, like, that's not what I want, then why am I... Right. Then like I'm already at a place where I'm like, I don't understand why you But if we don't have defined terms, I'm right. having a conversation with you thinking we on the same page and you don't waste my damn time now. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So yeah, like if we don't have that we and, and that's a, like that's you know, my last answer being like what it was, is like being honest about that entails that. Yes. It means like how are we using the language that we use? What assumptions are we making? Yes. Because if I assume that when I use the word bias, other people hear me as meaning the lived experiences and perspectives and expectations that we all have by virtue of the points of view that we have as human beings existing in a world. But what they actually hear is prejudice. Yep. 
what they actually hear is uh, misunderstanding and uh, improper assumptions. Mm-hmm. Then when I say bias and mean it one way, they're hearing something totally different. And so when I'm arguing about something, they're thinking I'm saying like totally different. absolutely bizarre advocating like horrible things in the world. Yep. They're like, why, why would this person think those things? And I'm just like, you know, there's no such thing as a bias-free algorithm. And they're like, <gasps> exactly. <laughs> like, it reminds me, and I'll end with this. It reminds me of my, my advising work and I'm working, uh, working with a, you know, when I'm working with a team and yeah. they're coming to me like, can we can't figure this out. I mean, we just arguing back and forth and then they say something and I was, and, and then somebody gets, I was like, Y'all realize y'all defining this one term differently, right? Very differently. <laughs> y'all are not. <laughs> that is the root of this whole but argument. You are not saying y'all the same are talking thing. about two different damn things, <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank oh. you so much. This has been thank amazing. You. Yes, this has been amazing. Absolutely. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. I'll talk to you online soon. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Kim Creighton. Follow me across social media platforms, Kim Creighton, or at Kim Creighton One. Also, sign up for my newsletter, Straight No Chaser, a blueprint for having uncomfortable conversations at work.